Welcome to Silver Lion Behind the Frame, episode number 10. I am Josiah Ness, and in this episode, we spend time with founder and CEO of Groove Life, Peter Goodwin, and Groove Adventure guest, Chuck Cooper. We are in a van in the middle of Alaska. Um, just got done with an epic adventure with Groove Life. Very epic. Um, the episode will come out here soon. Um, and we're here with Peter Goodwin and Chuck... Cooper. Chuck Cooper. Cooper. That's right. Cooper. We spent a couple days. We <laughs> don't even know his last name. Yet. They're in the van. <laughs> He's <So> epic. <sighs> Welcome yep. to Civil Live Behind the Frame podcast, guys. Awesome. Thanks Thanks for having us. Sweet. What? Yeah. Welcome. Welcome, Peter. Are you Peter? excited? You've been on a Peter? podcast a few Peter? times, right? I've been on a mini a podcast. A mini. No, he is me. a seasoned veteran. That's my first. Seasoned vet. Oh, but it's Chuck's first, though. Yeah, I hope first. I do okay. But he did this, a lot of firsts. This yeah. whole trip has been about firsts oh for you. Gosh. Like, yep. oh you should gosh. you should definitely open up and just say, like, what, what 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 happened before this, and how did you end up here? Okay, so probably three and a half weeks ago, like, this came out of the blue. Three and a half weeks ago, I got called up um, Wednesday afternoon by uh, Wednesday. You even know Kevin, the day. Yeah, by Kevin what Beasley. Time was with, it? it was, like, right after school, like, 3 o'clock. Kevin Beasley called me. He works for because you're a teacher. Yeah, I'm a yeah. teacher. Um, I, uh, he called me up. He works for Groove Life, um, and uh, I, he just started working with them and called me up and said, "Hey, Chuck, you want to go to Alaska and do some snowmobiling, snow machining?" I kept saying snowmobiling, but apparently, <laughs> I guess it's called snow machining. Hey. Depends um, on where you're at. Yeah, it depends on where you're at. Um, he called me up and said, "Hey, do you want to come? Groove Life is doing this epic adventure. We want you to come do this with us." And and dude, I was like, um, let me check with my wife and my principal and then I'll get back to you. And so my wife walked in the door about the same time and was like, dude, you're going. So I had awesome. her support from the <laughs> from the get go. And uh, she said, go do it. Have fun. Be epic and come back alive is what she said, basically. So <laughs> what do you think the the meaning or what was the reason they picked you? Like, what what do you think drew, led it into you to be able to do this? You just you I had heard that epic fifth vibe. Pick. The fifth, uh, yes. <laughs> but he was the only one that would say yes. Oh, yeah, but I was fifth in line, so I wasn't yep. the first choice. But that's okay. I'm glad yep. I made it. Um, I, you know, uh, I think that they were just looking to show how people can get out and go live life and you know do their thing. And when yeah. I started hearing more about what Peter's um, goal for this was, I was like, dude, I'm wanting this so bad. So, I mean, that's they. I think they just wanted like your everyday guy showing him how you can, you know, do these awesome adventures, get off your butt and go out and uh, do something you've never done before and not be afraid, just put faith out there and uh, go do it. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah. we should probably give them a little background story of actually what this is. So, yeah, uh, for all the viewer listeners, um, we just got done with a four day epic trip to um where is this? Valdez. 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 We're still Alaska. here. We're actually yeah, driving back to Anchorage. We're still driving. Yeah. But we just went on a um, a snowmobiling trip with uh, Groove Life, and they're doing these epic adventures um, with they, – they, they pick a winner, really. Um, well, just a person. I did, they don't even win. And they, they do win because they get to they do win. an adventure, right? Yes, I did. I won. <laughs> and so Groove Life takes them on this epic adventure, and we're doing a bunch of series of them. Uh, we've been working with Groove for a while, so that's kind of how we're tied into the whole thing. But um, this trip specifically, we went on Valdez, Alaska <laughs> to snowmobiling. Took a took Chuck, which has never been in the snow before, from Alabama, and, yeah. from Al- Auburn, Alabama. I've never, I mean, I've seen a couple inches of snow, but 
I mean, that's it. And it's yeah. gone within a couple of days. I've never seen like this much white in my entire life. It's just. And we just came to where it was like, what, six feet, seven feet of snow? At least. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, at least, so. yeah. How do we pick the spot though, Peter? Like where was, so, give us a little background <laughs> on how this idea came about, like even before this trip. Right. So we are in the e-commerce space. We sell um, accessory for, you know, silicone rings, watch bands, coming out some other products here shortly. And we have a desire to see people um, face their fears and adventure. So we came up with this idea to uh, produce this content that would we could use, you know, obviously to sell rings and sell watch bands, but also um, to kind of give back to people. Um, so we choose one person a month. They have to apply on our website to go on these adventures. It's all expenses paid. Chuck, nothing, he didn't come out of anything out of his own pocket, just his time. And we choose pretty epic adventures all over the world. Um, we just we shark dive. We, we just did shark diving last week. We're doing snowmobiling this week. Typically, we do one a month. And the, we, we all, the, the premise of the show is we, we have a character who is, you know, kind of an everyday guy. Um, Chuck is a school teacher and he's in 40 years old. He's got three kids and a wife and, um, and then teaming them up with an expert. This trip with, uh, that we, we connected with on the snowmobiling was Corey Davis. He's, he's been an X game medalist six times. He's, he's a big, big deal. Yeah. He's yeah. Kind of a big guy. He's a big deal. He's sponsored by monster and Arctic cat and all these other things. And he's got this, you know, epic following. So we teamed up with him and said, hey, listen, would you take a guy from zero to hero in a, in a span of a couple of days? <laughs> and that is no joke. That's a short time. Yeah. And he's like, uh, I'm in. So so that's what we do all over. We team up with a guide. I'm the host, Peter. And, um, man, we're just having a good time. Silverline, you guys are doing all the uh, filming for us. And uh, But but Valdez, you asked uh, how we kind of got here. Uh, Valdez is kind of known in Alaska as the, you know, the snow sports capital. So there are lots of heli skiing, lots of snow machining. And so this time of year in March, uh, typically, you know, they can have anywhere from six to 15 feet of snow, depending on where you're at. And we definitely were in some deep, deep, deep snow. I mean, we kept post holing, you know, up to our waist over and over and over and over. (laughs) Stepped off, went down. And we're just passing Corey right now on the, on the right. We've been leapfrogging him a couple times. Again. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> dude yeah what an awesome trip he he, he put a lot of, of awesome stuff together for us i mean a lot of people i mean there was other people involved too right everybody involved i mean i mean we had we had bill from from off the grid otg and he provided us with all these sleds all this gear boots i mean come a, a bunch of us or at least you know you guys coming from <laughs> down Further, further south than us, the didn't really even have the yeah. gear, America. right? I mean, Peter spent a lot of time in Alaska, so you know more of what you're getting into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gave us all the gear, all the sleds. He's got a great setup. He really he he rents high end mountain sleds, just yeah. tricked out. I mean, these things are, and they're 165 horsepower in between your legs. It's it's incredible. <laughs> it's funny they put. It's funny they put me, the guy who's never seen snow or been on a snow yeah. machine before, on the fastest of all of them baddest of the bad just give you it all yeah, like thanks. you got to start full bore i mean you can't just ease oh, your way into bad. this thing just do like, it dude go to you the crazy go for it man yeah, go bigger go home. It, bro go full bigger go home <laughs> man yeah but he he was just a, such a great guy too i mean he was super good to to work with to help with and he was a great rider i mean right he good. does um you guys can check him out it's uh on his instagram Corey davis but i can't remember his um 
his handle is. CD6? I think yeah, I think it is CD6. CD6 Corey Davis 6. Corey Davis. But he does backflips, right and, oh, I mean, man. it's incredible, yeah. the stuff that he does. And I mean, he did some pretty epic jumping for us while we were there. And even Chuck got to jump uh, the end of the first day. Right. Yeah, that great uh, two-foot jump. I think there was <laughs> Whatever, a dude. You were, freaking product. you were hauling. You it got 30 like feet. Four. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, because that was, was so was so crazy because, I mean, I, I've done a little bit of snow machining as well up here, but nothing with these types of caliber of either, you know, people, also machines and stuff like that, too. So it's just it's a whole nother another ball game oh. to have to, you know, keep up in some of these. I mean, it's it's not easy riding. No, it's not. It's not an easy no, thing to it, jump like, into. No, like you, you fall and you have to pick it back up and the sled's so big and, and you have to trudge through the, all the you know snow up to your waist and you're like exhausted every time you flip your bike because you gotta it takes so much work just to get back up on it so people had to help the guys i mean everybody was so awesome bill was like you said i'd flip my machine and he'd come racing to help me and didn't bat an eye and was like dude it's all right man you got it and like kept you know pushing me to do better him and Corey and travis and all y'all i mean peter everybody just like did a great job just like helping me out and helping me overcome the challenges that come with this. And it was just, yeah. phew, it was awesome. And that's one thing that's really cool about this industry is that no matter where you're at in the backcountry, snowmobile with guys that are pros or guys that are beginners, everybody, as soon as someone digs a, a snow machine in, you know, they, they instantly go and help them because they all been there. You know, I'm still there. I'm still <laughs> new. I've only done it a couple of times. I, th- I think you're better than I am. No, now, so. no, no. He had a good instruction. Um, yeah, yeah he, he, Corey was. But it's just a good, cool. Yeah. It's a cool. Um, it's a, a cool group of people that you know help out no matter what and and just have fun with you know. So yeah, it's always it's always fun in the snow. He wants us yeah. to pull over. Oh, we've yeah, caught we've caught up with Bill, the uh, OTG guy. What yeah. was that? Huh? Warning. Maybe he was telling us there was a bump in the road. <laughs> right. Um, cause yeah, Joe, you, you've, you've spent some time, uh, riding some of these types of sleds like the, yeah, what was the, 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 the mountain sled, the, the one I rode. No, no, oh. sorry. The, oh, the, um, the snow bike. Yeah. So with the, with the, was with the timber KTM, sled. Yeah. With the timber sled. So I've done more of that than actual snowmobiling. Yeah. Um, down the, uh, the lower, the lower 48, but, America um, is the Alaskans so, call it. Huh? America as some of the Alaskans <laughs> call it. Yeah. The, the lower, Americas. well, lo- lower 48. And yeah, it's, it's, it almost seems like a different country oh. when you're, uh, when you're traveling. I mean, we're just, we're just looking around at, at Alaska right now too. The sun's starting to go down a little bit and, and, uh, looking at the mountains. I mean, it is so massive. This place is incredible. <clears throat> and, and, and I mean, and even the up? rest of the, um, you know, Josiah and I have spent a fair bit of time up here in Alaska and on some of the, the off-grid places out in Lake Clark. And But I'd never been to Valdez. I mean, there's yeah. so many places in Alaska that that even at, when I lived up here for for several years, hadn't been to. And and this is just a whole other realm that's mm-hmm. just everywhere you go. It's so massive. It's just it's mind-blowing. Yeah. Chuck, when we were driving up here, I know you were in pretty much for the five-hour oh, drive. God. We were all asleep, and you were just in awe. No, I couldn't go to sleep. Everybody like passing out and tired because all the stuff we've been doing, and, and I'm sitting out the window just glued to every. I mean, from the mountains to the rivers to the forest to the glaciers. I mean, you're passing by these awesome, huge glaciers everywhere. Um, you know, we go to Glacier National Park, uh, but they need to rename it because this place is. Uh, this place is it? Yeah, this place is really it. I mean, like there, it's just beautiful and 
like you said, it just goes on and on, and you know, mm-hmm. it's just ugh, when yeah. we when we went up to um, up to that glacier. What was your what was your thought when you like actually see a, a glacier that close? Yeah, I've never and you know I've never been within twenty feet of a glacier before, you know, and it's just to see the blue ice and the huge crevice that was right there in front of us, crevasse or whatever. I mean, the wall of ice was. I mean, that was just like, just to think that thing is moving and it's tearing the earth apart and ripping, you know, its own path and the power behind it, the energy stored behind that is just, I mean, you think about it, it's just crazy. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I mean, this whole area, you just, you look around and you see how, I mean, to have made this, I mean, how can there not be a guy that just, you know, does some wonderful things like this. I mean. Feel pretty small when you're out there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. A lot of people die, uh, avalanches, a lot of people die this year. So you're always, that's in the back of your mind. Corey talked a lot about it. Yeah. Um, it's not a reason to not go. Uh, I think, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that, that um, wish they would have done a lot more at the end of their life for the sake of safety. But uh, but you got to be smart. But it does, it does, it's always in the back of your mind. Like, I could die and nobody would, you know, I mean, like they'd find my body and life would go on. And that, that's a humbling feeling. You don't feel that on the day-to-day grind yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in, in America. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. So. It, it puts things in perspective. And I think that's what's really neat about some of these trips is is getting to go and experience these these crazy things that some people may never do. But then it also, when you go back to, to the normal day life, I mean, it's just like, well, you just conquered this amazing thing. Like, right. It makes you feel no, alive. Everything else is, yeah. I mean, you, you get to live a little bit, but you yeah. also don't have to, at least for me, not having to, you know, feel like I can accomplish a lot more in the day to day. Like other small things that seem like such a big deal don't seem as big. Cause we were just next to a giant mountain and an avalanche glacier. potentially yeah. that glacier that could, you know, just do all kinds of damage and stuff. And it's just like, it's such a massive thing that you experience, but then the day to day can, you know, you can take on the, the hard stuff sometimes. Yeah, humbles you, know? you and just, yep. Peter, you were saying, um, to, you know, kind of like on on how this whole thing has been based off of just your sight of, or not your sight, but your uh, how you view living life to the fullest and actually going on taking on these adventures and, and doing things because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Yeah. You know, you don't know what you because I know we were kind of talking about that at dinner last night. Just your heart behind the why you're doing this adventure series. Yeah, I, so I was lucky enough to grow up in Alaska and born here and guide here for almost 15 years. And so I, I, I've, you know, you just kind of live that lifestyle. And when I moved down to Nashville two years ago, I just realized that, wow, there's a lot of people, actually most people in the country, probably the world, uh, maybe definitely in America, um, just don't, everything's kind of safe. You know, yeah. I mean, there's lots of insurances for insurances for insurance, for, you know, and it's like uh, you have the coffee's cup safe. We got seatbelts, everything. You're not really faced with the humanity. When you're guiding in Alaska, you're always faced with humanity. Always. So always other people dying. You're hearing about your colleagues passing away or getting hurt. And so you're just always like, you know, you, you do what you can, but you still you have to do your job. So um, in, in the wild of Alaska is not uh, safe by any means, right. which is actually quite alluring i think for most people i think that's why alaska is so incredibly popular for people because it is this there's yeah. this essence of, of risk and uh like this power and i, I think people want something that's untamed by for man sure. and we have kind of totally tamed our lives which is good but i think it is important to get on trips like these 
and come out here and face your humanity. It makes you a better husband, better wife if you're a woman. I think it makes you a better parent. I think it makes you just your priorities get straight in a lot of ways. Uh, you feel small. I think it gets you connected to the creator. Uh, whatever you believe, I think it, it does make you at least even second guess, even if you don't believe there is one. So I, I just there's nothing but good that comes out of trips like these. And so taking a guy like Chuck, who maybe has never experienced anything like this, is like the most fulfilling thing that I can do. And, and I can do it under my business banner, and which is a, just a huge blessing for us. But I, I love I love being a part of this and, and uh, love that you guys are helping out. You guys definitely have similar paths in Alaska and everything. And I think you have a similar heart for men and, and women to see kind of the bigger picture. Yeah, absolutely. No, and it's definitely, it's, it's always exciting, you know, for us of, of taking on, on not just trips, but also uh, projects. Cause I mean, we're, we're blessed to be able to, to do this type of stuff and, and call it work. I mean, even though we don't really call it work most of the times because it's just so, it's so fun to do and it's, and it's a passion, but it's still hard. I mean, you're still putting in long days and long hours and, <laughs> right. and it's it, work. It, it is work it involved, is. It's a but it's just, work. It's a, it's a work of love. It's, I mean, yeah, it's just it's the love part of it. Yeah. Cause it just, we, because you end up being passionate, especially on a, uh, on something that is, is for, you know, something that's impacting people and, and creating this story and experience. I mean, that's a real big part of why we do what we do too, is also creating these experiences through these visual mediums and, and taking photos and videos that can impact other people and just telling the story and hopefully motivating others to then go out and do a similar thing. I mean, that's what's so cool. I think with, with this trip too, is, is it's not just getting to see people go do fun stuff, but it's also empowering people to, to feel like they can get out and do it. And then it's giving practical steps on how to get out there and, Hey, you want to go snowmobiling? You want to go, you know, shark diving? Well, you can actually do it and it doesn't cost that much. And this right, is where you right. can go. Yeah. And it's all the details. You know, yeah. there's no excuses. Well, right. I mean, that, that's what, that was a big part of what we wanted to do is make it accessible. We don't want to do things that are out of reach for people. So we, you know, we, we probably won't ever climb Everest, um, you know, big crazy stuff because <laughs> yeah. I mean, the average person doesn't have 50 grand to go hire a guide to, you know, yeah. but so like this, this adventure trip here to, um, to Alaska, snow machining. I mean, there's lots of places you can snow machine in the United States, uh, but Alaska is actually quite affordable. I mean, yeah. it's $500 for a ticket round trip in the spring because nobody really wants to come here in the spring. Um, you know, you rent a van. Uh, you can stay at the Best Western. It's like 120 bucks a night. I mean, you can, if you have a couple buddies, you can do this thing for 12 or 1500 bucks. And, you know, and to say you've been to Alaska to do a week-long trip, snowmobiling, oh in the powder like yeah. that for 1500 bucks. I mean, <laughs> Dude, you flip and spend more money on freaking lattes in, you know, a six-month period than that. Than just, you know, right. anybody can do that. The shark diving, that was like 400 bucks for the whole weekend. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and we break down all of those. We break down the pricing, the logistics, where, you know, we kind of done the work. Like, we've done a lot of research on what guides to go with, what, you know, where do you where do you uh, get your gear, where do you yeah. stay, what's some tips and tricks on saving money to do it. And that's our big push is like, hey, watch Chuck do it. We paid for Chuck's trip. But you can do it, too, and it's not that expensive. And here's how you do it. Who's, here's how you go and who you go with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. I'm any proof to anything, it's that anybody can do this. Like I just, you're, I'm a PE teacher at a school and just <laughs> work with the kids every day. And I mean, yeah. Peter, Peter and them found me and brought me out here and dude, I mean, doing it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Chuck, have you ever been in front of a camera as much as you were in the last? No, never. Days? My mom took. Okay, well, I take that back. My mom. That's, just, that's a lie, dude. My mom. My mom has taken pictures of my entire life. Um, you ask my brother-in-law, like he. She's they, a photogenic. Oh my gosh, mom. she just not put the camera down. But that's a it's a camera, a still camera. I've never been in front of a video camera before. Um, I do some funny funny stuff at school, like on you know for the kids on the morning news for kids, but like nothing like this. Like, yeah. Um, what was that? What was that like going through the like the last couple of days and just all of a sudden there's like five cameras yeah, in your face, you know, GoPro like every, stretched everywhere. And, you know, stop and go, stop and go. Talk, talk about this, talk about that. It was like, you know, my head was getting kind of big because I was supposed to be the hero, you know. And <laughs> so I started putting out demands. Hey, where's my where's my helmet? Where's my? I'll be my trailer. Coffee? You want I'm, gummy I'm, bears I, at some just, point? We're like, whoa! When the lights are ready, when you're ready, just come and get. No, I'm just kidding. Nah. <laughs> Um, it was, it was cool. I mean, it was just a, a, a totally different experience than I've ever, you know, imagined. I know Peter does this a lot and stuff, but I just, it was kind of weird being in front of the camera and my mouth got dry a little bit sometimes, not knowing what to say. And, yeah. <laughs> and I was worried about not saying the right thing or. You were natural. Yeah. You I, definitely were a natural. <laughs> you jumped I, in. I feel like you did it, did a pretty good job. And it's, it's, it's also good cause it wasn't, I mean, obviously we had, kind of these these certain things that we were trying to show and convey to, to give the, you know, experience like this is what you're going to encounter. But we wanted a lot of it to just be, natural. you know, natural of you experiencing this. I mean, for the first time, and that's, I think, just keeps it real and raw. So where it's a lot of it is just rolling cameras when it's like, okay, we're going up to see this glacier. Like, what what are you going to say? <laughs> what is You know, we're not putting words in your mouth. And so it's like, yeah, it, it, we want it to, to be that real connection. And I think that's that's pretty awesome because yeah. okay. we've done both sides where we've had, you know, a set script. Like you have the exact words that you have to say and you do your lines over and over again. But then you can have someone that can just be natural. Raw. And that's 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 kind of hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say yeah. this. that um, I hate reality TV yeah. because I think it. It, 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 you know, people try to live vicariously through it. Anything but it's, that. And it's, and it's not it's reality. It's scripted. <laughs> it's terrible. I, I know a lot of people that have been in reality TV shows in Alaska, and it's everything's faked. Yeah. Um, so we we, uh, we did not want that. I mean, there are, like Micah said, there are some sh- scenes and things that we wanted to convey, but it, we try to get it to become a more natural. And YouTube people, I mean, these are YouTube, you know, this is going to be a whole YouTube channel. People on YouTube sniff out, you know, non-genuine content, yeah. and they don't expect it to be scripted or perfect, or you know, which is a which is great because I think that's kind of who we're trying to get is authentic people. So yeah, yeah, for sure. And and on that side, so we, obviously we had, you know, some some storyline that we're we're trying to follow and capture because some stuff just happens and you just roll on that, and then other times we're trying to orchestrate. Okay, we're gonna go build a jump now. Like, how are we gonna show that and that kind of thing, and so. What was, uh, um, Joe, since you, on, on this one, um, both uh, Peter and I were, were working together on the directing side. Um, Josiah, you were, you were kind of running on the, the, the main A camera, and then we also had uh, Scott, which is from Groove, Groove Life. He was on the B camera. Um, we also had Travis from... Uh, Something again. Uh, hybrid color. Hybrid, hybrid color, color films. Yeah. He's a local guy that works with Corey all the time, so he's very familiar running uh, snow machines and and filming all that kind of stuff. So Joe, was, since you were good. you were running uh, the main camera, then what was kind mm-hmm. of some of the the logistics we were working with as far as I mean, you got cold weather conditions, you got yeah, camera gear. Those don't always go together a lot of times. No, not at all. And and, and luckily we didn't. 
um, have nasty, nasty weather outside of um, the end of snow the day, always yeah. falling on everything. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it it snowed a little bit the first day, um, and then it was nice today. It rained for just a bit a, too. It rained yeah, for it was a little bit. Slushy. But it was you know you're setting cameras down, you're working with snow machines, snow's flying. You know, you're falling over. We're we're trying to you know it was <laughs> it was literally like six seven feet deep. So when you step off the <laughs> oh, snow gosh. machine, you're going waist deep. So you're trying to hold cameras and it's falling into the snow and Keep feet get stuck. Um, I mean, it was, yeah, oh, yeah, it's like, it was bad. It was bad, you know? And then obviously with the cold, you start draining batteries, which is, is you just cannot get away from it outside of having a thousand batteries. And so, yeah, um, lots of batteries. And then we're going, you know, I think we had, so we had a cam, B cam, C cam, and then we had probably seven, six or seven GoPros. It felt like a, a Two 360 cams, <laughs> and then you got audio as well. And then the drones then, as well. Yeah, yeah and then we got there. more drones. And three drones out of the whole drones, setup. Yeah. And one went down. We had yeah. a drone go down <laughs> from the frequency uh, mess-ups, yeah. interference. Um, and so but you having know, when backups, you're working with I mean, those, that's a big part, just be able to keep rolling. Because yeah. you're in Alaska. I mean, granted, we were not that far away from a road, but you're still a long drive from a town. Like You can't just go running. Yeah, you just can't go to Walmart and pick something up, you know, to replace it. So we had we had a lot of backups. We had a couple of camera backups. We had a couple uh, lens backups. Um, had a lens go down as well. So, you know, on a, on a shoot like this, especially when you're in the elements um, with cold and weather and trying to keep everything dry, um, it's it's definitely a challenge. And so we've got Pelican cases um, that were toting all the gear around and, and throwing gear in and pulling gear out and trying to keep everybody mic'd and that was a, that was a struggle because you know we're run, running through batteries we're trying to keep them you know good clean audio on, on guys that have jack you know jackets lapels. and um you know helmets and you know so there's a lot of logistics that we had to work through uh to make sure you know we were able to capture everything keep a good quality so um but you know and that's that's just part of the adventure on our side as yeah. far as the production side you know we're up at <laughs> six o'clock in the morning and we go to you know we go to bed at 12 one o'clock because we're you know backing up uh charging batteries and we're backing up all of our storage and packing and up for the next day packing yeah. for the next day and going over scripts um and shot lists and there's the schedule and so that was what was really um, cool to me was the fact how much time y'all spent on your your shot list and your what you had to get accomplished like so detail how it was detailed and stuff you know, you just watch a video from my point and you're just like, oh, they just went out and videotaped it. But like y'all got like a detailed list of what you need and what you're looking for. And that was really cool to see that back, the back side of that. See how y'all plan that. Behind the scenes. The behind the scenes. How to plan that. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. You get to be a part of it. I mean, it's it's not just the camera. It's not just the actors. It's not just the, you know, the talent and the people in front of it. You have all these different support people. We have Kevin Beasley, who's our producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was... He was getting coffee. He was scheduling our rides, like checking us in for the hotels, like buying props and food. I mean, just all that kind of stuff. I mean, you need a really good, solid team to pull this kind of stuff off. And I think it was really helpful from from Peter's side, too, because we've we've worked with different companies that kind of have different approaches to productions to where, okay, they bring in a team and basically, all right, go ahead and, and... we know what we want at the end, but we don't know exactly how we want to get there. And so mm-hmm. just you're going to put all the production together. 
versus here, since Peter's been involved and he's, it's such a passion in this project, he's also able to write the script. He's also able to direct and knows a good vision and he also is creative. So he's able to have an idea of where this is going. So it's not just sitting back and like, all right, do your job. Like he's involved in it very closely. I mean, writing that script, you know, that was, that's not easy. <laughs> right. Yeah. I spent a lot of time on it. I, I, it is a passion for me. So if I was, you know, we were selling, you know, baby diapers, and I was doing a commercial for 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 that. I probably wouldn't be super into it. <laughs> I'd probably be like, "Hey, uh, go do your job." Yeah. But for this, it's yeah, it's very very much of a passion for me. So, and we, you know, uh, I'll plug Groove Life here for a second. Uh, Groove Life, we're starting a YouTube channel, and and we're actually going to do a breakdown of how we shoot these things and do yeah. it behind the scenes. And, and, and Silverline will be involved in that too, but. There's a there's a strategy to how and how we edit them, how we um, you know you know the, the attention span of a, a YouTuber is about five seconds. So if you're not engaging them every five seconds with a new scene, a new you know something, they're out instantly. So um, so writing a script for that, and directing that with that in mind is very crucial. You can't just go out and be like, hey, let's go have a blast, you know, and like just get some YouTube yeah. GoPro video. And then we'll like put something together, you know. Like, I think a lot of people do that, but you know, we're running a business, and so right. you, know, you have to look at the business side of this thing. And I think a lot of times artists get lost in the artistic side of it, or maybe being true to whatever vision they have. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, if you're not entertaining millions of people, you're failing. So how do you? What do they want, and how do they expect to receive it? And and that's how you approach script script writing. It's not a, you know, a formulaic thing that, that, you know, I mean, the way people watch, in my opinion, the way people watch movies and watch content has changed drastically in the last 10 years. Um, it's just the attention spans way shorter. They expect, you know, a lot more. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And it's and having a, a good, clear vision on where that's going. It also helps to keep keep things moving, because you when you start coming across even on a shoot like this, where you may have, you know, things that go down or, or struggles or whatever. I mean, you just have the, the grind of, of, of working hard and long and you have a whole team that you got to keep on and, you know, on track. It's not, uh, it's not always easy. Especially when right. they're digging me out of snow all the time. Right. There's, I mean, we started, <laughs> we started five thirty every morning, Yeah, you know, on this trip. And, uh, we would, you know, we, after dinner, we were having a, a post dinner meeting, you know, at nine and we're bed at, I mean, it's, it's long, long days. Yeah. And but it's, it's worth it. Yeah. And even in here too, you're in Alaska. It's, it's physical labor as well. I mean, our talent is lugging snow machines around (laughs) and jumping. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of, of extra things that go into it, especially in a, in a place like this and, and not, not all productions have that. Sometimes you're in a, um, you know, in a, in a city somewhere or you're, you're staying, uh, indoors all the time, but here you have the elements, you have a location, a remote place, um, it was definitely very critical having all that planning done in, you know, beforehand, knowing what gear needed to be on site, you know, what the logistics are going to be. And that's why, you know, Kevin was so critical on that and making sure that we were where we needed to be when we needed to be there. So then we get to the end and we're actually, I mean, amazingly, we, we, we take some time on certain scenes and it seemed like, Oh, we're, we're getting behind. And, and we were actually, we stayed on schedule stayed and on, on schedule. track that for what amazing. we were trying to capture. I mean, that was just. That was awesome. I mean, when a production can go that well with that many different variables and difficulties, um, that's uh, 
That was awesome. Right. I mean, we're Especially stoked for, for that. Alaska, like you said. <laughs> I've been here long enough to know that if you try to do anything in Alaska in a three- or four-day window, like, buckle up. Yeah, because right. the weather is, you know, nine <laughs> times out of ten is going gonna, is gonna to blow it out of the water. But, man, we lucked out, didn't we? We, we did. did. Oh, yeah. We did. That was perfect weather. Yeah. Looking but, looking back on it, or, or just from you, Chuck, first, what, what uh, from the whole couple of days, like, was there some certain moment that was just, like, the 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 top thing, like, the most exciting I, or just the mem- most I, memorable? I, like, I, I tell you what. I was sitting up at the glacier. I don't know if anybody noticed, but. I was sitting, I was so tired from just doing everything. We stopped for lunch and I was exhausted. I just sat, everybody's kind of gearing up to go. And I just sat there on my knees and just, I literally looked up at the glacier and then just was thanking God for giving me the ability to do this. And I was so tired and so drained. I was ready to go home. I was, you know, but I was, you know, at the same time, I was like, oh my God, look at where I'm at and how amazing (laughs) this is. And I literally just sat there probably for about two minutes and just sat there with nobody was around me. And I just, was just thinking about how awesome this is. Um, what a great experience, Peter. Thank you so much for uh, giving me this opportunity. But just, you know, being here, you know, knowing that I have a loving family back home, my boys and my wife that support me and, you know, just would not take this away from me, would never want this to, you know, be something I wouldn't be able to do. Yeah. You know, just was like, ah, oh, like that's just so amazing. So that's cool. Yeah. What about, what about you, Peter? Is there something that uh, kind of stood out to you from the last couple of days? I tell you what, the yesterday was you know high production day. We were trying to get a lot of the stuff done. Um, there was a lot of anxiety with the weather yesterday, and then we woke up today and, the, and it was sunny. And when we got up there, I mean it was it was probably top you know ten or fifteen prettiest days I've seen in Alaska in the mountains. So, wow. so I mean just. With the snow, just the, the angle of light. And then when we hit those, when we got out away from everything and hit those kind of those dunes back there, and that powder was like six, seven feet, and I was on the timber sled. I mean, I was just, my inner <laughs> little boy was going crazy. <laughs> and uh, I forgot we were on, forgot we were shooting for a while. And I was like way away from the camera, and yeah. I was like having so much yeah. fun. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm working. So that was definitely, yeah, that was an epic, epic time for sure. Nice. Micah, so on the uh, the directing side, because obviously you're the main director, and obviously Peter is co-directing on this one, and it's not your first rodeo because Micah does a lot of the directing on our shoots too um, here at Silverline. But um, from from this kind of, of production and all the stuff that went into it, all the weeks leading up to it, you and Peter going back and forth on scripts and shot lists and all that kind of stuff. What is the What's the, the, the best part of that? Because that the, being the director is a, a, obviously it's a key role um, in this, but it's the whole it's the whole vision. So what's the what's that exciting part about when you're actually, you know, because you were up late working on this stuff, going through this. I mean, it's just there's so much that goes into it. And a lot of people don't see even on the plane flying in, you were making sure everything was everything was printed out, lined out for everybody. So when we hit the ground, we hit the ground running. Um, but what's that exciting part about the, the being a director and directing shoots this kind of scale and bigger and smaller from your side? Um, I think it was definitely, uh, it's, it's a mix because, because I've, I've been able to do both sides, obviously with, 
uh, with my brother and I, we've been able to do a lot of shoots together and, and also separately. And so we end up on some shoots where you're having to do everything mm -hmm. and knowing what all those different parts are that go into it is because there, because there is a lot. And there are some times when you're out in the middle of nowhere with just you and you're trying to produce a whole piece and you end up having to, to manage the cameras, you're managing what's being shot. You're tracking what, you know, what the, what the shots are, what the talent's doing, all that kind of stuff. And I, I feel like there's, there's almost a, a release when you can actually have a team that, that works together and then you use, you have different people in different positions and it just makes something, as long as it's done well and it's done right, it makes something can go so much smoother so that the pieces coming together and you're, you're able to work on different people's strengths as well and what, what they're able to do well. And like with this one, working with Peter too, because he, he's had such a good vision, but he's also in front of the camera. So you're, you're kind of going back and forth on making sure, you know, you're getting quality control of, of stuff that's coming at, across, you know, correctly, you're getting the shots done as well, but you also have the people that are spot checking on the different things. You know, you might be paying attention on the script, making sure something is, is sounding right. And, and, and we're getting the, you know, the point across what we're trying to do. Um, but then you have to have somebody else that's also looking like, Oh, was he wearing that hat before and having right. this jacket on or, or just making sure that the, the shots are, 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 are also natural in the way they need to be like with, with Corey, you know, he's like, no, you don't, you don't actually do it like this. Cause that's not going to be safe. And this kind of thing. I mean, you, you have all these different people that are spot checking and looking into all these different areas. And for me, that's where it's, it's, it's very rewarding to see all those pieces come together because for me, I really enjoy the complexity of things. And when it gets for somebody that's just, Oh, that gets stressful. And you just, you get under pressure and you got to work under a timeline and you're having to do all this kind of stuff. I mean, for me, it's, it's not so much that stress. It's like, I, I love to, to thrive off of that because it, it pushes you to, to work harder, to work more efficiently. And, and yeah, sometimes it's just the little details and you have to spend extra time, you know, typing up those lists or double checking or, you know, talking with the, uh, the client and in this case, Peter are just making sure like, okay, is this what we're really trying to build together? Because inevitably you got to take that, that vision, that idea in the head and put it down into paper and then make it into visuals. And you get to see that whole process. And it's not always just the vision of the director. A lot of times it's a combination of, of, the, the camera, you know, operators as well. It's like, oh, yeah, the shot really needs to be like this because they can see it inside the camera. But then you're also looking at a, a much larger scale. And it's, you know, sometimes it's, it's a little bit extra pieces that you have to put together because you're working with a lot of different people on set. But this case, you know, we had, we had quite a few people involved doing different things. And, yeah. and sometimes you're having to, to jump in and, you know, at a, grab a camera here or there. Cause we were having some one guy running a mo snow machine out somewhere else, you know, and you got to like set down the, <laughs> the director, you know, pad and, and jump in there and, and start filming something. And so it's, it's fun when you can, you can have a lot of variety, but it also, you get to see all the different pieces come together to create something that can be really impactful. And that's, that's awesome. And you got to have a whole team to make that happen. So. Yeah. I think there was, I just counted, there's 12 of us, on the whole time and then we had four extras that were just extras with snowmobiles in the back you know in the back the, the yeah. different scenes and stuff like that but a crew you know a crew that size is not it's not easy it's not quick um i i don't know if you remember uh chuck what i was like 
you're like, eh, we're waiting again. And I was like, yeah, it's usually a hurry up and wait game. Yeah. You, know, you, you hurry up to get everything set, and then you got to wait on something. Then you and hurry then up. You were telling me how sometimes it like the wait's a long time, and then yeah. sometimes it's short. And so, mm-hmm. I just that's awesome to see how y'all work together and get through all that. I mean, yeah, to have that many people, sometimes it takes time, right? Yeah, you know, especially with this, like I was saying, like this amount of people, it's, you know, there's a lot of logistics, and that's why, you know, some people are like, oh, you can just, you know, do go do a quick shoot like that a couple days with a couple people no big deal and you're like people just don't understand what goes into it you know like why would you need someone just to run and get coffee and schedule all that kind of stuff and like that's actually a huge huge role in this whole production you know and each person has a huge role we are back just had a little detour stopped and Solid gazed size. at the oh the beauty, beauty around yes. i mean these mountains the sun hitting on oh, i think this is that part of the wrangles I think it is. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll say I'm it. I'm so is. unfamiliar with this area. Everything from, it might be the northern Chugach. Could be. Far, far northern. Minutes. Yeah. It's, it's getting top. colder outside. It is It is wintertime up here. It's, it's Even though everywhere else, it's starting to get turned into spring. But uh, it's definitely, oh, definitely colder. Valley. Wow. Man. That valley. Breath. We, we've seen, um, you were talking we'll, about looking for a bear. We did see a, quite a bit of, of of moose. We did. On the way out. I saw, well, I think I counted like 16 or 17 moose. Is that proper? Quite a bit of moose. Um, lots, 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 of, lots of meese. Lots of moose. They call them meeses. Flock of mooses. Moose I have been to Montana several times. Um, but so I've seen probably a dozen moose in Montana. So on just the drive over, from here, I've seen more moose than I have in nine years of going. That's wow. awesome. So we saw a lynx or some Why of the people saw Why do we stop back lynx. there? Look at that. Oh, right? That, right? What, it, who's yeah, what who's guiding this thing? <laughs> Jeez. Right? So, so we're looking at, we're looking at the uh, probably 4,000 uh, foot peaks, and they're extremely snow-covered and rugged. Oh, my and gosh. the sun is... Casting long shadows. Man. This is what we call the golden hour. Long Except in Alaska, hours. it's like the golden three hours. The golden right. Yeah, there's no hour. It, it, it there's lasts no for a long sunset. time. But there's just dusk. Yeah. Well, right now, we are in a, a normal time of year that does actually have some oh, nighttime. But come back in the summertime, there's not much darkness. You're definitely going to have to come back and experience this in the summertime, Chuck. That's, I know. It is, it is unreal. I mean, you got all this time during the day. It's actually really pleasant weather. It's a whole Flipping. new world, my friend. And and I mean, and sounds it, like sing it. Groove yes. Groove Adventure is going to do some yes. stuff up in Alaska, right? <laughs> I mean, what's what's some of the trips you guys have coming up? Yeah, we've got uh, powered paragliding coming up next. So that is uh, the box fan tied to your back with a parachute above you. That's not um, scary at flying all. Flying around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're taking fun. a guy from who's an ex-military helicopter pilot, hasn't flown in about eight years. Kind of, wow. kind of went from you know fighting. Literally, he, he was flying the Kiowas, which were the basically the uh, Jet Rangers, <clears throat> which a Jet Ranger is a, a very, you know, small five-place helicopter. He's, he, you know, he's flying low and shooting his AR out the window. That's how. Wow. So he lived on the right edge of life forever. Yeah. And now he's like, you know, a, a financial advisor, and he lives in, you know, Schmuckville, Tennessee, <laughs> with me. <laughs> and, uh, oh. Oh. and so he, um, yeah, he expressed, he applied, and, and, and we picked him because 
he's kind of, you know, wanted to get back into it a little bit. So we're taking him power pergolite, and he's super stoked. He's going to get a machine after. We're doing uh, skydiving. Uh, after that, we're doing noodling in Ju- July. Noodling. What? For anybody that's that doesn't the, know what noodling, tell us so noodling, tell us what is noodling. Craziness. It, yeah, noodling is where. Can you do it with an accent, though? Like, like normal? Nah, you go to the lake and you noodle. Yeah, why don't you hey, tell man, us what noodling is? You grab them big catfish and you I'm stick your hand in there yeah, and you I'm, kind of pull them out and you say, hey, yo, hey, yo, here we go. And you, know, and you, pass you me a cold a one, you open up a cold <laughs> one, and then you stick your hand back down there and you're like, ah. Oh, and because you know that's just a big snapper turtle. Who's right talking there. right now? Can you identify yourself? So you people don't cowboy. Think that was a good accent. <laughs> that was Josiah. So that was Josiah. You don't even know. You got the southern. <laughs> yeah. So noodling is where yeah, you uh, you find the, these an, these big catfish are 40, 50 pound catfish. Right. They're spawning, and uh, oh, we were going over they some got major big, we, big send mouths too. <laughs> so, send it, bro. Full send, Peter. We're going oh, over uh, no. frost heaves in Alaska. Frost heaves are where water gets under the road and it heaves up, which will launch you into the snowbank at 70 miles an hour. Yeah. So, um, noodling, you stick your hand in these holes, and there could be anything in there from water under moccasins. The water. Yeah, under, under the water. Yeah, under the water. Water moccasins to... Loggerhead uh, snapping turtles, Logger. and hopefully you're Logger you're gonna hand. alligator snapping. Can I turtles. talk? Uh, really? Uh, so <laughs> yeah, man. You, you just keep talking up there. Just keep so uh, yeah, that's what we're doing. Um, that one I'm absolutely terrified about. I would be too. I'm uh, stoked. The other ones, I mean, uh, jumping out of airplane. You know, whatever else we're doing, bull riding. We're doing the bull ridings. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm game. cowboy. I'm in. Yeah. Sticking my hand in a watery grave of death. Uh, is not sound too fun to me, but we're gonna do it. It's gonna make good TV. Yeah, and the, the the pro on that one. What do you say about if you if you find a water moccasin? Right, I said, hey, have you ever uh, reached in there and got a water moccasin? Hell yeah, I've got a water moccasin. You just grab them, sling them down the bank, but don't drop them next to you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to do that. So make sure you can sling them down there. That's exactly uh, how you should handle a, a deadly you. snake, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Safety so, briefing concluded. <laughs> so, so we are we're going yeah. back to Alaska. We're doing some um, spear fishing in the Bahamas uh, late July. We're going back to Alaska. Coming coming back to Alaska. We're here now in August for bear viewing, swimming with the salmon. So pretty yeah. good gonna be a pretty good trip. So it's there's there's a lot of a lot of adventure to come with uh with groove groove life adventure and, yeah and uh, if you guys want to come people listening yep just yep. head over to our website and apply uh we pick one person a month what's what's the qualifications like what what kind of things are you asking them yeah i mean we just kind of ask them you know why do you want to go on this trip what do you do now what have you done in the past obviously there's some physical limitations on on some of these trips like this trip chuck's in pretty good shape um <laughs> he's got an athletic he's athletic um, so this is a very, this is a very intense trip. Some of the trips like, Hey, jumping out an airplane. I don't, you know, if you're 300 pounds, let's go, you know, <coughs> cause there's not a lot of skill there, but Get a bigger pair. What's of the physical condition that you have to be in for noodling? Noodling, um, you actually have to be in reverse physical condition. <laughs> you have to be able to drink. You have to have a pot belly that sticks yeah. out at least three inches past you gotta your waistline. you got to take down a case of PBR <laughs> and then stick your hand in yeah. there and grab yourself a big old cafe. We, uh, we're actually having video applications for that one. And you have to <laughs> shotgun a whole case of beer in under 30 minutes. That's awesome. No, so uh, no, we ask them, you know, what's physical limitation or, you know, do you have any... Um, problems, obviously, health, or health issues, health issues, and then yeah. and then we just say, hey, you know, why do you want to go on this trip? And we really, literally, we pick the the people that 
kind of have the, the the most desire that we we perceive them to have the the most desire. So um, yeah, yeah, I mean we've we've gotten some really good people so far, and and we're it's it's really awesome to see these people come up and or wherever we're going down up <coughs> and and just kind of come alive. That you know a lot of people lived a lot of adventure in their twenties before they had wife and kids and and maybe in high school. But since, you know, kind of the grind of life happened, they just kind of lost that spark. And to see them come back alive is just unbelievably rewarding. So That's we really right. want to pick people that are, you know, kind of out of the game that want to get back in. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. And so what's uh, as we're kind of wrapping up here, what's where where can they find out more information about that? What's the what's the website? Yeah, you can go to GrooveLife.com. And so that's groove as in get your groove on and life as in I have a life. I don't want to die. And that's the first time I've ever said it like that. It's probably that should is. come up with a better one. <laughs> GrooveLife.com. And gotcha. we have a we have a whole link, um, you know, in the top header of, of our adventures. And then you can go to Groove Life on YouTube, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. You have an app yeah. for it, too. <laughs> app is pretty Yeah, cool. we do have an app. Um Again, our app revolves a lot around of our, uh, our products, but we'll have our episodes on there as well. So Awesome. Perfect. Nice. So, and Chuck, coming after – oh, sorry, Megan. No, go ahead. I was going to say, Chuck, after <clears throat> coming off of this, finishing this adventure, heading back to um, Anchorage, we're going to jump on a plane, you're going to go back home. Oh, yeah. What are you taking from this whole adventure? You know, because that's the meaning of why we're doing this. Um, you know, what are you, what are you taking back home? What are you going <clears> to... <throat> well, when we get back, I'm actually going to fly the red eye back with Kevin and, uh, we get back at five in the morning and I'm going to make it back in time to pick up the kids and go to work. So I'm going to do a red awesome. eye straight to work. Um, but as far as what I take away from this, um, do like the camaraderie of being around all of you guys, um, just, the you know, brotherhood um the you know not giving up on an adventure not giving up on something that was hard like i said there was times that i just was exhausted i didn't want to flip the sled over because it's just so heavy and so hard um but then as soon as you see somebody coming to help you to realize that you know there's other people in the same boat as you like that was really an awesome thing that I took it away from this just the brotherhood and the and the camaraderie um being out in the elements and overcoming those you know just you know times it's you know that's a life lesson too like you, i teach my kids and i coach and stuff and i tell them you know never give up you know you got to keep trying and you're not yeah. going to get it your first time it takes re- practice and reps and reps and reps <coughs> um and do what better way for me to justify that to them than to come out here and do something like this and show them that dude it was hard to get on that sled it was scary that thing was so much raw power <laughs> you know underneath you that you know yeah. you could have flown off that thing or you could have wrecked into a tree or something but that but you did both <laughs> you liked my front yeah, flip. Yeah. That was you it. liked my front flip. Scorpion. That's all I gotta say. Um, and uh, just to you know, keep going and have knowing that people are there to help you. Like that's, I mean, that's a huge. What about? I mean, that's a life lesson that you know you gotta have. Yeah. You gotta surround yourself with people that'll be there for you and help you and keep good people in your life and and not, don't give up. Know it's gonna be hard sometimes and just uh, you know, push through. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a good definition to good good end uh, to pull from from this adventure and i think we can all apply that whether we were in front of the camera or yep, not or it's uh it. yep. it's always an impact to to get to meet awesome people make great friends and get to 
and also get to you know create and experience some pretty cool stuff along yeah, the way. So too. we're glad uh, to have the opportunity to be a part of it with Groove Life and also uh, getting to meet you, Chuck, as well, and getting to see that whole process happen. It was, uh, it was a real privilege I to be a part of this. I uh, appreciate Groove so. Life and Silver Line and just all the people who helped the OTG, everybody who helped me out today, this week. And, yeah, I mean, just what a great time. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you guys for being on the podcast today. <laughs> And uh, we look forward to more adventures and experiences in the future. Good luck. Yeah. All right. Keep grooving, baby. Keep, Keep grooving. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're able to glean some valuable insights from this episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review and let us know what you thought and your feedback. We would love to hear from you. If you want to find out more, visit SilverlineFilm.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook under Silverline Films. And we look forward to seeing you next week on Silverline Behind the Frame.